Missionary Enterprises, Missionary Aid International, Apostolic Networking once again. Uh, this is part of our Facebook group. And this is under New Testament Leadership, Series of Teachings and Indoctrinations, Part 5. It's going to be a lot of parts of the series. And then we're going to move on to another Facebook group. Anyhow, key references and critical notes. So my first note here is I recently did a teaching on these very same verses for some brothers in Africa in French uh, regarding the gifts of the Spirit in context with the body of Christ because that's what really the chapter is all about. But this time, I will teach these from a different angle, from a different perspective. All right, so it's, uh, it's a briefer teaching. So we're going to start here once again with 1 Corinthians 12, um, verse 1, and then we're going to skip 2 and 3, and we're going to move on to 4 to 30, using the Amplified here. Uh, now about the spiritual gifts which is uh, spiritual gifts, strong number 4152, the special endowments of supernatural energy. I like that. Brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed or ignorant, which is Strong's number 50 for the word misinformed. So let's look up those two words I mentioned here, these two Greek words. The first one is 4152. I love this one, pneumaticos. It's from the word pneuma. And uh, it's an adjective derived from 4151, spirit, uh, used for the Holy Spirit, but also used for evil spirits and the human spirit. Um, also carries the idea of spiritual, relating to the realm of the spirit, the spiritual realm, and as well as the invisible realm in which the Holy Spirit operates, as well as demons. All right, that's just the reality of it. So my first note here for this is Green's translation, which I really like, has, a, has the translation spiritual matters, which I do like. It's good. Uh, the Amplified Bible, as well as many other translations, are somewhat misleading with the words spiritual gifts. They add the word gifts in there, even though the translators of the New King James which is based upon the majority text, went out of their way to italicize the word gifts, rightly so, meaning it's nowhere to be found in the Greek text, yet it is implied, because the gifts are implied in all of this, but it's not just related to the gifts. All right? Um, that's for sure. I would translate this as the things, the operations, the functions of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, right, in this context here. All right? So my next note here is we need to read the whole chapter uh, of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, which I need to do a teaching on. Uh, I think I know where I'm going to do it too. Regarding the Holy Spirit, which needs to become a whole teaching in itself, a whole teaching in itself, uh, in the context with everything else, of course, regarding the Holy Spirit, because then you can, that's where you get off track, right? So... The other word that we looked at there in the verse 1 was the word ignorant or misinformed. That's Strong's number 50. Agnoe, uh, to be ignorant and not to know, don't know, ignorant of a person, of a thing, or a fact situation. Sometimes with the idea of willful ignorance. you believe that? Anyhow, let's, this is my next note here. There's absolutely no room or any excuses for ignorance. Uh, 
regarding God's kingdom, the new creation, when it comes to those who claim to be born of God, uh, because everything God does and accomplishes is based upon his divine knowledge. All right, and a great uh, example for that is Colossians 1, 9, 10. Uh, regarding the realities of his kingdom, which is an invisible kingdom, as well as the realities of his new creation, in which we are part of once we are born of the Spirit. There you go. All right, you cannot and will never operate and function in his kingdom apart from divine slash revelation knowledge. Never. Which begins with his word, or the written word, the Holy Bible, and this is where it all begins, the Holy Bible, that's where it all begins, it all ends when it comes to his written word. Yet out of that, there's so much he wants to tell us, show us, and reveal to us. There's so much. All right. My next note here is the church world, which consists of charismatics, um, word of faith, evangelical, non-denominational, denominational, mainstream, and everything else in between, is full of all kinds of knowledge. There's all kinds of knowledge of their nonsense. <laughs> but we have very little of his divine knowledge, very little, regarding the truth. First uh, um, Timothy 2.4 we're going to look at. And even once you do acquire some of his divine knowledge, you will need to do what it takes to believe it. All right? Getting it is great, but man, yeah, that, that was my kind of mistake. I got all this great revelation, but I didn't know what to do with it. I wrote it down and I kind of forgot about it, uh, sort of thing. And then, oh, you got to sew it. In order to walk in it, in order for God to perform it for you, all right? So the faith of God, which is based upon the knowledge of God, is not only believing what God believes, but knowing what he already knows to be true and told us to know and believe in his written word as well as through Revelation knowledge, when he gives you a revelation, when he gives you a rhema. I should have added the word rhema there too. Dreams, visions, whatever. All right? God has all kinds of ways to communicate to us. First Timothy, that's the verse I looked at. We're just going to look at briefly here. First Timothy 2.4, regarding uh, his revelation, uh, regarding divine knowledge, um, who God wishes all men to be saved, all, not some, but all, and increasingly to perceive and recognize and discern and know, there's the word know, knowledge, precisely and correctly the divine truth. That is God's perfect will. And I am all excited about that. I remember I saw that years ago. So I wrote here, we have three key Greek words in these three verses here, four to six. Now these are distinctive varieties and distributions of endowments, gifts. Uh, that's strong number 54, 686. Uh, extraordinary powers distinguishing certain Christians due to the divine of the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit. And they vary, but the Spirit remains the same. It's all by the Spirit. Five, and there are distinctive varieties of services and administrations. That's the word 1248, song number 1248. But it is the same Lord who has served six. And there are distinctive varieties of operations, of workings. I love that word, workings. Uh, Strong's number 1755, to accomplish things, to get things done. Uh, but it is the same God who inspires and energizes them all in all, so let's look at these three Greek words here real quickly here. 
The first one is 5486. It's the word charisma. Definition, a gift of grace, a free gift, uh, divinely empowers a believer to share God's work with others. Yeah, spirit-empowered service to the church, to the church, through the church, to carry out his plan for his people, but not limited to spiritual gifts. That's what I was saying. Uh, the plural form literally means grace endowment. I love the word endowments. We're endowed with God's abilities to get his work done as his sons. The other original word is strong number 1248. It's the word administration, ministry, diaconia, service, ministry, definition, ministration, active service, active service. People go to war. They call them active service. Yeah, well, we are in a war. Done with a willing, voluntary attitude specifically refers to spirit-empowered service guided by faith because everything we do and receive is by faith. And the other one here is uh, Strong's number 1755 I mentioned, Energema, uh, definition, an effect operation, a working and effect energizings operations, focusing on the results of God's energy. God's energy. God has energy. Yes, he has energy. He's got lots of it. He never runs out. And we got to tap into his energy to get the work done. And people living in his faith, by faith, which is from Strong's number 1754, where we get the word, the actual word, energeo. Energeo. I remember I got into all this years ago. I'll be doing, uh, be writing books and doing videos on all this. Power words, eh? Greek power words. All right, the next verse is verse 7. But to each one is given the manifestation, that's Strong's number 5321, of the Holy Spirit. The evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and profit, that is Strong's number 5321. Phanerosis, definition, manifestation, disclosure, uh, coming to light. It's the opposite of of uh, hidden, right? Because the enemy keeps things from us and the, the God wants to reveal things to us, right? He wants to reveal himself. God wants to manifest or reveal his kingdom, his goodness, his faithfulness, and so much more. Yeah, he does. He's not hiding nothing from us. We're the ones who are hiding from, uh, from him, uh, going back to Genesis. So the next three verses here, 8, 9, 10, gives us a list of the gifts given by the Spirit to put in, to be put in operation by the Spirit through our faith. So let's look at them real quickly or go through it. Then we move on. To one is given in and through the Holy Spirit the power to speak a message of wisdom, word of wisdom, and to another the power to express a word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Spirit. To another, wonder-working faith by the same Spirit. To another, the extraordinary powers of healing by one spirit, by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. I love that. To another, prophetic insight. Uh, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose. To another, the ability to discern spirits, distinguishing between the utterances of true and false spirits. Uh, to another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the ability to interpret those tongues. Not the same tongues as we find in 1 Corinthians 4, 14. Let's move on to verse 11 here. All of these, all of these what? These gifts, the achievements, ability, everything we just mentioned here from the beginning regarding the Spirit are inspired and brought to pass by one and the same Spirit. Same Spirit who apportions to each one person 
each person individually exactly as he chooses. Sorry, we don't choose that. Note, all these, the words all these, means everything we just looked at so far, uh, all by the same Spirit who indwells each member of the body of Christ, the church. All right? So, I wrote here from verse 12 all the way down to verse 26, the Apostle Paul goes into great detail showing the great similarities between the human body and the body of Christ, the church, with most of these verses referring to the human body. And we're just going to go through these quickly because I already touched on this in another video. And eventually we're going to put all these notes together and books and uh, DVD, whatever, whatever the Lord wants, lots of videos. So let's start with 12 to 18, and then we'll move on to 19 to 26, for especially for the video pur for, uh, purposes for the video. Uh, for just as the human body, he's talking about the body, human body here, is a unity and yet as many parts, and all the parts, though many, form only one body, so it is with Christ and his body. So I see he was talking about the human body there. For by means of the personal agency of one spirit, we are all, whether Jew, uh, Greek, slaves, free, baptized, and by baptism united together into one body of Christ, that's the church, all and all made to drink of one spirit. So now Paul goes back to the human body. For the human body does not consist of one limb or organ, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body, would it be therefore not a part of the body? If the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, would it be therefore not a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? I already touched on that. I want to get into that. But as it is, God has placed and arranged the limbs and organs in the body, in the physical body, the human body, each particular one of them just as he wished and saw fit and with the best adaptation. But he's also referring indirectly to the body of Christ, of course, but he's specifically talking about the human body here. 19 to 26, let's look at this here. But if the whole were all a single organ, where would the body be? The human body again. And now there are certainly many limbs and organs, but a single body. And the eye is not able to say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But instead there is absolute necessity for the parts of the body that are considered the weaker. And those parts of the body which we consider rather ignoble are the very parts which we invest with additional honor and our unseemingly parts of those and those unsuitable for exposure are treated with seemliness, modesty, and decorum, which our most presentable parts do not require, but God has so adjusted, mingled, harmonized, and subtly proportioned the parts of the whole body, giving the greater honor and richer endowment to the inferior parts, which lack apparent importance, apparent importance, but they are very important to God and to us too, they should be so that there should be no division nor discord or lack of adaptation of the parts of the body. He's talking about the human body here, but he's alluding to the body of Christ, to each other, but the members all alike should have a mutual interest in and care for one another. All right, so I've already touched on all that on the other video. And if one member suffers, all the parts share the suffering. If one member is honored, all the members share in the enjoyment of it. All right.
So let's move on to verse 27 here. Here is the one single verse the Apostle Paul directs his whole point in what he just elaborated on, what we just read from uh, 9 to 26. Is it 9 to 26? Uh, 12 to 26, sorry. Elaborate upon in verse 12 to 26, I had to read there, regarding the human body, all right? This is, this is what he said all of that for this. Now you, now you, now he's talking about the Corinthians, uh, in Corinthians, the, the believers in Corinthians, but he's talking about the believers. Uh, now you collectively are Christ's body, and individually you are members of it, each part severally and distinct, each with his own place and function. My note here is, each person that is born of God is literally a part of the body of Christ. Literally, we are, yet not physically. It's not as, we don't have the very body of Jesus. Uh, no, I've got my own body, but I am considered to be his body on this earth. Even though we do have physical bodies, yet God as well as Jesus sees us as such, and so must we, which will take much minor little. Remember going back to what the Lord told me, you need to see yourself the way I see you. Yeah, still working on that. We're getting there. All right, verse 28. This one, verse 28, is very similar to what the Apostle Paul had already elaborated upon in Ephesians 4.11. So let's look at it here. So God has appointed some in the church for his own use, first apostles, second prophets, and te third teachers, then wonder workers, those who work wonders, workers of wonders. I like that. To make you wonder, hmm, what did I just see? Wow. You know, then those with the ability to heal the sick, helpers, administrators, speakers in different tongues. And let's finish off here with verse 29 and 30. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all have the power of performing miracles? Do all possess extraordinary powers of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Note, the answer is once again, no, because of what the Apostle Paul had just elaborated upon in great detail in this whole chapter. All right, we don't all have the same gifts. We're all different, all right, as it is in the human body. Regarding one body, yet many members with many different gifts and functions, and this is the only way we're going to get the work done. And I just want to share before I close up here, the Lord gave me a word yesterday. I was in the kitchen and it fits in with everything I've been engrossed in in the last few years, all the healing verses and the supernatural that the Bible talks about. I did that a few years ago. I found a lot of stuff, put them all on my external hard drives. But even with all these teachings on the spiritual and the gifts and all that stuff, the Lord told me that your ministry will be marked, will be marked by miracles, signs, and wonders. He gave me that in the kitchen, really excited about it and that's what's going to change the world preaching is not good enough no 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 we need demonstrations of the spirit in all kinds of ways healings deliverances salvations uh even turning you know like i mean just turned the wine uh, water into wine and he fed the, the thousands of people you know supernaturally so this is all needed there's all kinds of things god wants to do to get the world's attention all right and he's got to do it through us so as i finish my videos walk walk or run if you can run in the fullness of the grace and of the faith of god shalom and amen